welcome to the webinar. My name is Mark Graben. I am the VP of Improvement and Innovation Services for Kinexus, and I'm very uh, happy to welcome you to the webinar titled, When Leaders Collaborate, Finding the AHA Moments that Lead to Lean Transformation, which will be presented by Dr. John Toussaint and Paul Peja from Catalysis. Um, first off, um, Dr. John Toussaint uh, is uh, the CEO and uh, founder of Catalysis. It was formed originally as the Fetacare Center for Healthcare Value. John is one of the foremost figures in the adoption of lean principles in healthcare. Uh, previous to founding Catalysis, John was uh, the CEO of the health system, Fetacare. Um, I first met John at a conference, I believe, back in about 2008, and that was a couple years into Fetacare's lean journey, and, and John was already doing a lot to help share uh, what they were learning and, uh, and furthering lean healthcare more broadly. Um, John is uh, the author of three books, which have all received, he's three for three, the prestigious Shingo Research and Publication Award, his books On the Mend, Potent Medicine, and Management on the Mend, and I uh, recommend all of those books uh, very highly. And our second presenter, is Paul Peja. Paul is the director of the Healthcare Value Network, which we're gonna hear about today. Paul brings more than 25 years of experience in healthcare operations uh, to Catalysis, as well as experience as a Six Sigma Black Belt, Master Black Belt, and Lean Leader. Prior to joining Catalysis, he served as executive director for continuous improvement at the Blood Center of Wisconsin, where he led the organization and the development and deployment of continuous improvement systems and lean methods. So with that, thanks to both of you for joining us and I will hand it off over to you. Well, thanks Mark. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you all today and uh, thanks Mark for uh, for hosting us today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Catalysis, the organization, and then we're going to uh, uh, move on to the Healthcare Value Network, but uh, Basically, we were uh, founded in 2008. Uh, we're a not-for-profit education institute. We have headquarters in Wisconsin, but uh, we have uh, offices throughout um, the U.S. Uh, we were rebranded in uh, 2016 from the Theta Care Center for Healthcare Value uh, to Catalysis because we really work with hundreds of organizations now around the world and. Uh, Frankly, uh, we and I have learned a lot more from many of these organizations uh, than we learned even at ThetaCare. So what we try to do is incorporate the learning as we go forward in terms of accelerating the, the new knowledge uh, in, uh, in the industry. Our mission really is a, is a tripartite mission uh, in which we believe that there are three core elements that really uh, need to change in our healthcare uh, systems today. And if we can focus on care delivery that um, is, is redesigned around the patient rather than the doctor or the nurse or the hospital using lean principles, that's, uh, that's one of the core elements. We also need to have a different payment model though, one that actually rewards value. And we don't, uh, we don't have that today. Uh, we're still on a fee-for-service platform. And then finally, we believe that uh, the, the transparency of cost and quality performance is critical from the standpoint of the customer having the information they need to make good choices. Uh, the vision of what we have been uh, trying to accomplish over the last uh, 
few years at Catalysis is really to create an awareness that there's a different way to do to do work, that there's a different way to do the business of healthcare delivery. Uh, once that awareness is uh, is clear that uh, that the lean method actually works in healthcare, then what we do is help people to discover and experiment uh, with with the with the uh, principles and the and the systems and tools. Uh, then we start to get people to collaborate with each other, and and uh, Paul is going to spend some time on on how we've actually designed a very uh, specific collaboration process uh, for organizations to learn from each other. And then ultimately we teach. Um, so as we learn, we become teachers. And we think that this is sort of the learning and, and model that, uh, that uh, can truly bring change to the industry. We do have a perspective though, and uh, this slide shows what our perspective is, and it's our approach to the thinking around transformation or the transformation journey from existing healthcare delivery to great lean uh, healthcare delivery. Just walk through this with you because this is what we spend a lot of time with our network members on is, is, is the learning around, around this uh, house. And so the, the, the floor is really related to what, you know, the purpose is of the organization. So if we clearly define what those true north metrics are, what the categories are, and then what the specific metrics are. Have we defined the values by which we are going to, um, you know, the belief systems uh, within our organizations? And then this is where I see a lot of organizations fall down, is they haven't defined the principles by which they're going to do the work. Now, we're big believers in the, uh, in the Shingo principles. We uh, have a partnership with the Shingo Institute, and uh, the, the, the key uh, uh, categories of enable uh, and uh, 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 improve and are, are really important to the 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 work that we do because the principles behind lean thinking is really uh, the why behind what we do. But that's not all. We need to have some results, right? So we don't do this without getting results. And the model cell is sort of that new operation system that we need to build. Sometimes it's radical change, sometimes it's incremental change, but we're going an inch wide and a mile deep somewhere in our organization. Is it in the emergency room, is it an ambulatory setting, whatever, to build that model cell by which we then can spread the learnings across the entire organization. What I see a lot of is, is peanut, what I call peanut butter spread, which is um, inch deep, mile wide. And what we're talking about here is inch wide mile deep uh, in terms of really understanding from top to bottom what the roles and responsibilities of leaders are and then building the new processes to get great results for customers, for patients. That's not going to happen unless we have these two pillars, uh, one of problems, uh, scientific problem solving. So do you have a scientific problem solving system in your organization? Uh, we sometimes call this the Kaizen promotion office or the improvement office or, or whatever. And then on the other side, and this is I, what I see a lot of is, is sort of the, the, the um, human resource function, the finance function, the IT function kind of being left behind in these transformation journeys. It's really important to integrate those key administrative functions into the learning process and, and supporting the development of the model cell work. And then finally, in the roof of the house, we have a management system. So, you know, our traditional autocratic management system in healthcare is getting us nowhere. 
So what we need is a lean management system, and that's a that's a, 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 a really a series of systems that identifies the exact roles and responsibilities of everyone in the organization at every level, and the standard work that uh, everyone in the organization at every level is going to uh, apply uh, to to uh, to the operations. And then finally, the hardest part is that, you know, change is great as long as I don't have to, but the reality is we need to change our behaviors if we're actually going to build this new model. And uh, we need to move from the autocracy to, uh, to, to a, uh, a model in which we actually are the barrier removals as, uh, removal agents as the leaders in the organization for the frontline teams. So that's kind of our perspective. Um, the work that we do to uh, achieve this perspective comes in a, in a number of different forms. So we, we're, we're involved in a lot of educational workshops and, and programs for, for healthcare systems on, on these topics. The peer-to-peer -peer network is what you're gonna hear about next. Uh, we also have been developing specific leadership forums. We have a specific CEO forum. So if your CEO is interested in learning more, we actually have a way for them to do that. Uh, we've, uh, Mark mentioned, I've written several books, and other we, others of our team have written books. So we we uh, we we try to um, try to trans uh, transfer knowledge uh, in a written format as well. We're doing executive site visits to some really great organizations around North America now uh, that are part of the network, and. Um, they have uh, really uh, the, the the ones that we are highlighting now uh, have really knocked the cover off the ball from a lean transformation perspective. Our summit happens every year in June, and we now do one in Europe as well in October. And then we've uh, established the Center for Lean Engagement and Research at UC Berkeley with Steve Shortell, one of the real famous uh, organizational performance researchers. And uh, we're actually now doing uh, translational research and longitudinal studies of organizations applying lean thinking. So we will have some data uh, pretty soon. So you can access a lot of that stuff via our website that you see there. We do have a number of collaborators. Um, we've worked closely over the years with the Lean en Enterprise Institute. In fact, uh, Jim Womack and I uh, sort of came up with this idea that we should have a separate uh, uh, healthcare institute, which is what Catalysis uh, has become. Uh, we work with you know, all the rest of these organizations uh, in, um, in, in, in different ways and uh, are proud to uh, call many of these people our friends. Um, the uh, annual Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit is uh, uh, going to happen in June 14th, 15th uh, in Chicago this year. Um, we have the presenters be the people that are actually doing the real work. So there aren't any consultants up there. There are no... Um, uh, the, these are delivery system uh, folks from the front line to the C-suite who are struggling with how to actually uh, build the lean transformation within their own organization. So if you want to come and hear from the, from the true experts, the people that do the real work, please join us in Chicago. Um, so next is the Healthcare Value Network, and I, I'm going to pass the baton to Paul here because uh, Paul is leading this work and uh, we're very excited to share with you today some of the uh, some of the activities and the learnings that have been happening uh, through the network so uh, Paul it's all yours 
Great. Thank you, John, and uh, thank you, Mark, for uh, hosting us on uh, this webinar today. We hope that it brings value uh, to the participants. And as Mark mentioned, a uh, recording will be available and the slides are downloadable uh, for your use to you know, really increase the value that you get out of you know, dedicating uh, this hour to this webinar. So uh, just as a little bit of background uh, on one of John's earlier slides, he shared that everything we really do has been an experiment. We try hard to stick to the principle of Plan, Do, Study, Act of PDSA, and shortly after John founded the then ThetaCare Center for Healthcare Value, now Catalysis, one of the earliest experiments was in peer-to-peer -peer learning. So uh, along with Jim Womack and some of his team over at LEI, uh, John sent out an invitation to uh, healthcare organizations that, that we believed were engaged in lean uh, back in the day when uh, lean was just becoming uh, aware uh, to the healthcare community and coming out of manufacturing. A uh, total of 14 healthcare organizations held up their hands and said, uh, yeah, we're willing. Uh, we think this experiment in peer-to-peer -peer learning could be valuable, and we're in. So uh, we've been doing PDSA on the network ever since. And, and the purpose of it is really to understand and then spread the best known practice. And, and the reason for that is because, as everyone on this webinar is very well aware, we live in a dynamic environment in healthcare. Uh, compared to my background in manufacturing, uh, this is some of the most rapid change that I have seen in a segment of our economy. And, and what we believe is that the only way to keep up with that rapid rate of change where the environment is changing almost on a daily basis and experiments are happening all the time, um, we need to do peer-to-peer -peer learning if we hope to accelerate everyone's individual transformation. And, and our further belief is that if we can do this work well, that we can show the way for our larger healthcare system to change. And that you know, really is the mission of Catalysis, is transform the industry. So within this network, uh, what we find are you know, really highly engaged healthcare leaders who are actively leading change in the organization. When John talked about uh, some of the exemplars at which we hold our executive site visits, places like uh, St. Mary's General Hospital in Kitchener, Ontario, you know, the CEO and, and our friend Don Shilton personally leading that transformation and understanding that if he doesn't lead his organization to define the principles, establish the values, distill the leadership behaviors that are required, the change will not happen. So, you know, one of the keys to making this change in healthcare is senior leaders understanding that they are the ones who must make the change. And, and that's what we tend to find amongst our more successful participants in our network. So with that, I want to dive into uh, three different stories 
that show the value of collaboration that we've discovered through our network and really focus in on you know what are those aha moments that advance this continuum of lean transformation with the understanding that this transformation really has no end point. Uh, one of my early learnings on my personal lean journey came from uh, an ex-Toyota executive who shared very humbly during a, a presentation to guests that after four decades, Toyota has learned a few things about lean transformation, but they feel like they have much more to learn. And if that doesn't humble all of us a little bit, then I, I don't know what will. So what I want to talk about today, uh, stories that show some of the primary benefits of collaborating with peers, give those examples from uh, three different uh, network members, and then really close with an action plan that, that we hope you will take back with you, not to adapt, to like cut and paste, but to adapt to your unique situation and hopefully drive your own organizations and, and your personal lean transformation. So through the years now, uh, as we enter uh, year nine of the Healthcare Value Network, what are the, what's the value we really see in collaborating and doing this peer-to-peer -peer learning? First and foremost, in this dynamic environment, we believe that it, it accelerates those lean transformations within the organizations to keep up with the rapid change that's going on in the environment. And, and perhaps as importantly and, and essential to a sustained lean transformation is engaging senior leaders through peer-to-peer -peer connections. Some of the fundamental work that, that John does personally is connecting CEOs to CEOs connecting physician leaders to physician leaders in a safe environment where they can discuss their personal and organizational challenges in this very difficult work of lean transformation that requires personal change from them. And, and if collaboration can bring our senior leaders to the table, it's a huge win for a sustaining transformation. Another benefit, if, if I can learn from another organization and, and you know, not trip over the same rock that they tripped over, it reduces my cost of implementation. I don't hit those pitfalls because someone can warn me. And, and one of the things we're very proud of within the network is that people are willing to share the good, the bad, and the ugly in, in an environment that, that's frankly safe and in my years of experience is not always evident um, in the private sector. And when we get network uh, members, uh, their lean leaders joining from the private sector and coming into healthcare, what they frequently express is that they've never been in such an environment where there's open and honest sharing of successes and failures. So, Three different examples to demonstrate these aha moments uh, to you. First, um, we have sponsor members within the Healthcare Value Network 
who bring some uh, very special expertise to the table. And we'll talk about how our friends at HealthEast up in the Twin Cities have brought them in uh, to help design what they call the clinic of the future. Next, we'll talk about that left side pillar that John shared in our uh, transformation house, and that is bringing the finance team to the table through revenue cycle collaborations, and that story will include our network members and friends at Intermountain Health and over at uh, Cleveland Clinic. And then lastly, we'll talk about, uh, frankly, a real hotbed of lean transformation in healthcare in Indianapolis where they host a lean coffee to invite uh, not just network members, but other local interested lean parties to come to the table for a lean coffee and share their successes and failures. So we'll go through these one at a time and I'll try to highlight the aha moments that forwarded the members lean transformation. So first, let's take a look at our friends uh, up at HealthEast in the Twin Cities. I mentioned that we have sponsor members of the network that bring some very special skills to the table. So the architects, HGA, and uh, the furniture and interior uh, environment people, Herman Miller, along with some guests from an organization some of you may know called EPIC, uh, came together at HealthEast's invitation in a series of learning cycles to really understand what does the future of ambulatory care look like. So uh, HGA has some very advanced thinking in uh, 3P, Herman Miller uh, in design practices, Epic with their uh, special knowledge about EHRs, came together with a clean sheet of paper and a couple of 10,000 square feet of empty warehouse space and started mocking up what a clinic of the future could look like with an aggressive target of reducing an old facility of about 20,000 square feet to 15,000. Through their collaboration, they actually reduced that 20% beyond their target to a little over 13,000 square feet reducing the cost of this new construction and frankly making a better patient flow. So what's the aha moment? The aha moment that we can take home is that looking outside of our own healthcare provider systems can bring not only fresh eyes to the table, but also advanced thinking that frankly doesn't exist yet in healthcare. I, I would venture to say that if I just took a look at uh, 3P as one of the systems for lean design, we in healthcare are fairly early in that thinking. So bringing in an expert like HGA who you know cuts their teeth on 3P every day is, is a huge win to bring new knowledge into healthcare. But there's also a win for uh, the sponsor members in that they get to learn what our healthcare systems are, are thinking about in terms of the future of healthcare. So uh, it's a win-win situation, and the aha moment is really bringing those fresh eyes to the table. So next story we want to talk about is uh, revenue cycle, and, and 
you know, the criticality of this, as, as all of us are painfully aware, uh, reimbursements, in case anyone is not aware, are not going up. In fact, they are going down. And uh, revenue and cost pressure, uh, it, frankly, is, is becoming almost uh, brutal within our world of healthcare with the demand that quality not be decreased one iota, and in fact, it must increase as well. So I'm going to go through a series of slides that, that give us some of the why, some of the what, and then what did that work lead to. So um, as John shared in our transformation house, bringing those core functions, IT, HR, finance to the table is one of the pillars of transforming an organization to make it a lean organization. And, and frankly, as, as the bank robber Willie Sutton was attributed to saying many years ago, he robs banks because that's where the money is. So uh, there's money in the revenue cycle and, and therefore it's a place for us to look to gain efficiency. So um, what this started out with were some conference calls highlighting best practices, and that led to some next steps. So here's some of the what. Um, Cleveland Clinic uh, learned that Intermountain Health was working on revenue cycle after this introductory phone call. Uh, they paid a return visit uh, back to Cleveland Clinic to deepen their understanding, and then other network members uh, joined in uh, for uh, similar reasons. And, and Part of, of the aha on this page, frankly, is that you can learn a few things over a phone call, but going to see is imperative. So um, a little bit like dating, you know, the phone call is nice, but the actual activity of the date is far more interesting and there's more to be learned than on that phone call. So uh, going to see is what led to some of those deeper understandings. And as a result of those collaborations, uh, going now to the center of the transformation house that John described earlier, Cleveland Clinic created a model cell led by one of their senior finance executives because they clearly understood that they needed a place to test out this new operating system, which includes you know, the, the daily management, it includes the leader standard work. It's a place for leaders to practice these new behaviors and practice the management system that's so critical to the success of that house. It, it's the roof of the house that leads to our customer value. And as a result of that model cell work, uh, we're now planning a uh, sharing event, a Gemba visit, for the spring of 2018 for other network members to come to Cleveland Clinic, see the model cell, see the engagement of the finance team so that they can clearly understand how they could take it back and actually um, adapt it to their own situation. Couple reflections from one of the leaders who is personally transforming as well as transforming finance at Cleveland Clinic. Uh, Tom Smith is the program director appointed in the Division of Finance at Cleveland Clinic. So we've got senior leadership, and you can read his quotes, that they've actually allowed 
um, Cleveland Clinic to leapfrog their existing thinking, create this model cell, and accelerate their work in the revenue cycle. So um, the real aha in this one is to learn, A, you're not alone, as you know Tom Smith says in his quote, they're not just you know, wandering around in the wilderness, um, they actually have peers that are trying to attack the exact same issue, and they also learned that by sharing, they could transform faster. So now the work that's being driven by Intermountain Health, by Cleveland Clinic, uh, Nemours joining in, Spectrum Health joining in, uh, Southern Illinois Health now joining in, that they believe they will significantly reduce their time to revenue, they will shorten their uh, AR cycles and reduce their amount of days of sales outstanding by doing this collaborative work. So transformation happening faster through collaboration. So with that, I wanna to turn to our third example of uh, collaborating to discover aha moments that accelerate transformation and that is in a kind of a new hotbed of lean transformation in healthcare that's happening in Indianapolis, Indiana. So the Healthcare Value Network now has a total of five members in the Indianapolis area, and the, the question that one of the members, the Richard L. Rodebush VA Medical Center posed, they wondered if other local organizations might also be on a lean transformation journey. And you know, basically, if they threw a party, would anybody come to the party? So they started with a single representative from each of the five Indianapolis area network members who then reached out to their known contacts, both inside and outside of healthcare. And this monthly Lean Coffee is now being hosted with 50 to 60 guests who break up into Lean Coffee tables in the you know, sort of standard work of a Lean Coffee, share best practices, arrange Gemba visits to one another's facilities, again, inside or outside of healthcare, and learn best practices from one another that can accelerate their lean transformations. And you can see the quote from our friend Chris Tucker, who's the acting chief of their system redesign work at Richard L. Rodebush, that it's a fantastic networking opportunity. And what it's allowed people to do is collaborate at the level that they are at. One of the things we talk about frequently in catalysis is we talk about meeting people where they're at. Because if someone's within a you know, tool-based transformation because they're early in their journey and someone else in the room is in a, you know, moving along talking about systems or principles, you wanna match people that are at the right point in their journey. And with you know, five dozen people coming together from this metropolitan area, they're able to match people's thinking and, and help each other at the level they're at so that we're not trying to have a conversation with a tool-based lean person because they're early in their journey and trying to share principles that they're not 
ready for. So, you know, the, the real aha moment of this for you to take home is there are probably others in your local geography, both inside and outside of healthcare, that are probably trying to solve the exact same problems that you're trying to solve. And if you can find a way to open the door and let them in, you undoubtedly will be able to accelerate your own lean journey. So, you know, what we, we highly encourage is for all of you on the webinar today to consider, is there local outreach you can do, which could be through a local university, could be through a local manufacturing organization like a chapter of uh, AME, um, and actually find the others that are at the same point in their journey as you are, and then bring them together in the spirit of accelerating your lean transformation. So those are the three stories that, that we hope give you some aha moments that lead to faster lean transformation. And before we get to questions, I'd really like to offer up a, an action plan that you can perhaps uh, consider and take home and experiment with in, in the spirit of PDSA. So if any of us are going to create an action plan that en enhances collaboration and drives lean transformation forward, really the, the first step is, is know thyself. A, a well-developed lean transformation, A3, where we are deeply thinking about what's our history and background, what's our current condition, what's the target state we want to achieve, and therefore, what are the gaps when we compare you know, future state to current condition, we believe that that puts you in a good position to go out and collaborate. So you know, step number one, you know, really um, know thyself, understand where you're at within that lean transformation, and whether you use as, as a guide the uh, transformation house that John shared earlier, or you use some other framework, uh, knowing where you're at within that framework puts you in a good position to collaborate with others. Once we know ourselves, then the next step is to really understand outside your organization what does your network look like, so whether it's the healthcare value network that uh, we lead here at Catalysis, or it's some other local network like Indianapolis has with their Lean Coffee, or in the San Francisco Bay Area, there's a monthly learning session that uh, has rotating leadership uh, in the Bay. Really develop and maintain a rhythm of collaboration. In Indianapolis, they've got a monthly calendar. It's open to all the local folks in Lean who have held up their hands to say we're interested. And every month, some number of them get together, share their best practices, share their best failures, and try to meet one another where they're at, all in the spirit of driving their lean transformation forward. And then as a third step, and perhaps one of the more difficult steps within any lean transformation, is the uh, Toyota 
uh, term of Yokoten of sharing what are the best practices, what have we learned. Um, I'll admit on this webinar that it's uh, been one of my more difficult challenges personally is to create that internal sharing of best practices, but to the extent that you can do that, whether it's through an event report out um, at ThetaCare, uh, we had Friday report outs that we invited a large audience to in the spirit of Yokoten, in the spirit of sharing what have we learned, where did we stumble, and um, I would encourage the broader the audience you can invite to those internal sharing forums, the better chance you have of identifying more opportunities for improvement, and, and frankly, the interested parties will, will come to the table and say, I'm excited by what I see here, how can I learn from you? Um, you'll need some sort of a structure or a framework to actually house those learnings, and that could be an internal sharing intranet, could be a SharePoint site, could be a shared drive that already exists within your organization, uh, but create that home for lessons learned and for best practices. And, and perhaps most importantly, and something that uh, perhaps in industry, in particular in healthcare, we don't do very well, is recognize and reward those translated improvements. If, if we can share something between you know, the IT department and finance, if we can share something between radiology and ED, or between labs and ED, uh, I think one of the more important activities and frankly responsibilities we have as leaders is to recognize those translated improvements and, and reward the people who were involved to encourage that drive towards sustained lean transformation at all levels of the organization. So uh, three steps that um, we would encourage you take back and experiment with if you are not already experimenting with them. And uh, as we go through Q&A, you can see uh, contact info, info for John and Paul. John, welcome to Twitter, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Good to see you there. Paul has been on uh, Twitter for a little while. Um, you, can, you can contact them, you can email them, and uh, would encourage you to go to their website, createvalue.org. Um, we had a couple questions, and I think there's a short answer to these. Somebody asked about network membership, and then someone else asked about the summit. Um, which of those is open to organizations, and, and which is open to individuals? Paul, if you could address that briefly. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. So uh, the uh, summit is open to all comers. The one uh, caveat is that to uh, create an intimate uh, experience and, and uh, really get value out of it, uh, we do limit attendance, and it does uh, pretty much sell out every year. I believe uh, in Chicago this year, we have the capacity for about 650 guests. So um, you can contact uh, me directly and I can send information on uh, how to register for the summit or you're welcome to go to createvalue.org and you can find a link to register for the summit June 14th and 15th, 2018 in, in my hometown of Chicago. Um, as far as the network goes, 
uh, we certainly have a process for um, assessing uh, value for uh, joining the network and we very much like to invite uh, new members that uh, would get value out of a membership and I would ask you to just please shoot me a quick email offline at my email there uh, ppatia at createvalue.org and I can fill you in on all the details of this uh, really wonderful peer-to-peer uh, -peer learning network. And there was you know, kind of a related question from uh, Gabriel from um, Australia. He's a, a physical therapist. He's read Management on the Mend. He has an interest in lean. But um, you know, he's trying to figure out how can, what would you recommend uh, for him or others, you know, places to learn, um, other ways to learn or to try to get involved as an individual, whether it's in Australia or someplace else. Do either of you have thoughts on that? Well, I think. Uh, Go ahead, Jen. I think that that what we're finding is, is that there's sort of communities uh, everywhere in the world, and so sometimes you have to look kind of hard for it. Um, we are building a community in Europe uh, as well, and that's a little easier maybe to get to from Australia than uh, than the U.S. But um, our website is full of all kinds of uh, learning uh, activities. So we have a number of videos, we have a number of papers uh, that I've written and others have written. Um, so, so we're always trying to update uh, the learning uh, materials uh, on the website. We will be, uh, over the next year or so, uh, uh, beginning to deliver um, some of our some of our learning modules and workshops virtually so um, if you stay connected with us on RSSR, RSS feed our website you'll get uh, you'll get updates on on those activities so we, we recognize now that there's a lot of interest worldwide and in many of the things that we we do and uh, we're trying to skate to where the puck's going to be to to allow uh, a lot of our um, learning activity to become uh, more virtual uh, with with a series of videos and and uh, and other types of uh, learning uh, materials but there's an awful lot on the website now under resources if you go to our website you'll find many many things uh, that I think you'll find of value great um, some questions uh, pouring in Trevor asks uh, in an effort to radically transform healthcare delivery and the financial viability of healthcare. What role can Catalysis play in collaborating with organizations like the AMA and state medical associations to break down barriers um, around issues like mid-level provider scope? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I was just uh, at the AMA uh, two weeks ago, and we are uh, working with uh, an offshoot that came out of the AMA called the PCPI, which is the organization that has really worked with the specialty societies to uh, help to define specific metrics, quality metrics uh, for each specialty. And so we're collaborating with them to try to figure out how do we bring some of how do we bring some of our resources to the you know tens of thousands of physician clinics. 
uh, around the country that now are getting paid differently. Guess, guess what? You know, it's about the financial incentives. And so now they actually get paid, you know, a bonus if they're doing quality improvement projects. So we are working with the PCPI uh, to try to figure out how we can help to deliver, um, you know, uh, some of the lean thinking uh, activities for uh, physician groups. Uh, in addition, we're also uh, very involved with CMS. I, I go there once a month. And uh, we've been working with CMS on actually building lean systems at CMS. So we're trying to, um, you know, influence the industry in, in various ways and uh, uh, in, in trying to make different areas aware that uh, lean thinking is, 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 is uh, available to, to them. And, and, and I think that we're making some headway. All right. Um, another question that's more you know, on the theme of, of learning and sharing, a uh, question for either or both of you. How do you find the right balance between avoiding pitfalls versus going down the path yourself and learning through some of your own failures? Sure, I'll, I'll take a quick shot at that, then you know, John can certainly add from, from his uh, depth of experience. I, I, I think if I'm early in my lean journey, I have to accept that there is as much to be learned from a failure as a success. As long as I rigorously go through the PDSA cycle, I study the result of my experiment and reflect on it deeply and make adjustments, there, there's goodness to be found in a failure. So I think especially if, if we're early in a journey and just learning, just learning how to go through those PDSA cycles has value and, and therefore there's value in, in the failure as much sometimes as the success. If I'm later in my journey and I, I clearly understand how to go through those learning cycles, that may be a good time to then network with others and avoid the pitfall with, you know, with the full knowledge that we know how to learn from our mistakes just as well as we can learn from our successes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, I, and I, I, I think that the reason that I wrote the book Management on the Mend was not to create a cookie cutter uh, approach to the transformation, but to, you know, we used 11 different organizational examples in that book. And uh, so there's, if you've seen one lean transformation, you've seen one lean transformation. But we do believe there, there is a framework that is going to lead to success and that's why you know that's what's in that book that 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 picture of that house uh, is is the represented uh, representation of what we wrote about in the book so what we've seen over the years is those core elements that I talked about earlier um, are going to be required now how you actually design those core elements yes you're going to make a lot of mistakes uh, what we've tried to do is explain what which rabbit holes not to go down, and uh, but you're still going to go down some. That's that's the nature of of lean learning. What the question I hear from Tyler? Uh, what have you seen as uh, being a successful way to recognize or reward translated improvements? And, and Tyler, feel free to. Uh, follow up if, if you mean specifically, you know, improvements that have been 
maybe adapted from other organizations. Um, there's maybe a couple different ways of answering this, but um, guys, go ahead. Sure. So one of the best ways that I've observed in, in Gemba, in, in the workplace, to recognize and reward that translation is when the originating department or, or nursing unit comes to the place where the translation will happen to act as a coach and a mentor for that you know, new team that, that's just taking on the idea from the originators. And what we've observed in particular with frontline staff is that the reward that they feel and the recognition that they get from their peers to be able to coach and mentor them and bring them to a new way of thinking is perhaps the, the greatest reward of all. Um, when I think of reward, I don't think in monetary terms. I go back to principles like respect for the individual where a frontline nurse may have learned a, a better way to stock a supply room and she teaches one of her fellow nursing units how to do the same thing, becomes their coach and mentor, that is fantastic recognition for that idea originator. John, do you have any, any thoughts on that um, or rewarding, maybe even, you know, just uh, good ways to reward and recognize in general? Well, I mean, there are lots of ways to reward and recognize. I think the important thing is that you do it. And what I see in a lot of organizations is, you know, sort of they're, uh, they're celebratorily impaired. Um, and, you know, I was sort of one of those guys. Um, I think it's really important, though, to to get to the Gemba, see the good work that's going on, and then tell people, thank you for all the good work that you're doing. How you do that, I mean, you can set up any process you want. I've seen everything from giving out a, a movie ticket to having a birthday party. Um, you know, I think it's up to, you know, the organization, but the important thing is to do it, to actually celebrate the improvement. Well, thanks. And, and, and Tyler followed up and said, yeah, those, those comments were helpful. So thanks um, to the both of you there. Um, question from Heather, um, and I don't know the context of, of what industry, or you guys can answer it maybe best can within healthcare. How long does the transformation take? Is it possible to make such an estimate? Well, I mean, um, as we all know, cultural change is hard and it takes time. And our hypothesis is that if organizations are applying the framework that we believe works, um, that within three or four years, you should see pretty dramatic changes. And, uh, you know, we have some examples of where that's been true uh, within the network. So it's not like, you know, they are Toyota, okay? but they have significantly transformed their operations and, 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 and the culture, and it's palpable. You can go to the front line and you can feel it, and you can see in the executive suite, you know, the, the focus, um, you know, the, the, on the True North metrics and the focus on, on deselecting initiatives and those sorts of things. So I do think that what we've learned has 
been able to, to significantly reduce the time of the learning curve. But, um, but I think it, it really depends on whether the leaders are engaged in, in really learning about the whole transformation journey and not thinking about it as just a tool set to go get a few uh, wins. Yeah, and to build on to that, it, it, it's one of the reasons that we, we strongly advocate the model cell approach that John mentioned earlier during the discussion of the transformation house. Inch wide, mile deep. It not only gives you the safe environment in which to practice you know, new behaviors, practice and refine the management system, but it is a way to show more rapid results in a single area that can then be used as the exemplar to spread to the rest of the organization. It's, we believe it is a far faster and, and more effective approach to transformation than attempting the, the peanut butter spread an inch deep and a mile wide. Uh, another question, we're going to get another couple of questions in here. Mark asks, who do you recommend be involved from these organizations uh, that are going through these different collaboration events and sessions? Well, there, there's multiple answers to that. I, you know, there, there has to be a seed that starts somewhere. Someone has to go out and learn. So, you know, whether that person comes from a legacy quality organization or from, uh, um, if I'm in manufacturing, if it comes from, you know, the productivity team or, or you know, the, the manufacturing engineering team, someone has to bring the seed to the organization to start some amount of learning. The, the next answer, however, is that without getting a senior leader engaged, it's, it's difficult to make that next step towards transformation because real transformation, real culture change cannot happen from the middle of the organization. So uh, the seed can be brought into the organization from a variety of, of departments or units, but at some point that there's got to be a senior leader who's willing to be the champion to start driving that change at a more senior level of the organization if we hope to get beyond a, you know, flavor of the month, let's try the next tool set for improvement mindset. And then maybe, um, John, I'd be curious to hear your um, thoughts here, um, at least briefly and without violating anyone's uh, confidentiality from the CEO safe space. Um, somebody asked, in, in that CEO safe space, what types of issues do those executives bring up that they might be afraid to talk about with people who aren't peers? Maybe if, if, even if you can give us one or two examples uh, real briefly. Well, it's almost always around behaviors. And... Um, you know, Eric Dixon tells a great story to everyone uh, that he sees. He's the CEO at UMass and has really done a tremendous turnaround job there. You know, he says, I'm a trauma doctor and, you know, most of management has nothing to do with that. So he gives his teammates, you know, carte blanche to say, Eric, you're acting like a trauma. 
you're acting like this is a trauma and it's not it's a management system issue so you know stop acting that way and uh, I think it's you know if your team isn't you know if you don't have a team that you feel comfortable having them call you out on this stuff uh, then you need some kind of a sounding board and that's really what the CEO forum is for is to talk about some of these behavior issues that uh, you know frankly most of these leaders know they they need to change but it's hard well, that's a good point and um, it, it's it's good that leaders are, are bringing those issues up and um, discussing them so they can learn and, and share and collaborate as um, everything you do at uh, Catalysis uh, encourages so uh, we are out of time here, but I, I really want to thank uh, everyone for attending. want to thank our presenters, uh, Dr. John Toussaint and Paul Peja. Again, they are joining us from Catalysis. Check out their organization at createvalue.org. Uh, we, again, will be sending out a link to uh, the recording and the slides. I would encourage you um, to share that with your colleagues. If you enjoyed the webinar, maybe you can get together uh, a group of people next week over lunch and, and watch the webinar and have your own discussion about how you can uh, better collaborate and improve regardless where you are. So on behalf of the entire team uh, at Kinexus, this has been Mark Graven, and uh, hopefully we will see you at our next webinar on December 7th. Thanks again.